we are on the brink of a mental health crisis. And this is why I am so appreciative of the folks over at BetterHelp. They provide the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Sign up today. Go to BetterHelp.com and use the promo code Solving Healthcare and get 10% off sign-up fees. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to Quad podcast 99 at gmail.com reach out on facebook at quadcast or online at drquadjo.ca welcome to solving healthcare i'm quadro caramante i'm an icu and palliative care physician here in ottawa and the founder of resource optimization network we are on a mission to transform healthcare in canada I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Quadcast Nation, welcome back. We are bringing back Megan Telpner on an amazing livecast episode that we did as usual, she just throws down some knowledge about the mind-body connection, coherence practice. She did an episode back with us, I think it was October or November, talking about well, the benefits of coherence practice. And this time, she gets into a little bit more of the science, some more of the benefits, and walks us through another meditation, which was, as always, profound. So. Without further ado, I'm just going to bring it in, Megan Telpner. We wanted to bring Megan to further walk us through what this is all about, that mind-body connection, the coherence practice, in, in a bit more detail. So she's going to do a presentation here, which I think you guys are going to, to love. We're, I'm going to ask two things. For those that want, that have questions, put them in the chat box from our Facebook live and those that are uh, wanting to get a, a copy of the video and the future podcast, just type in NL into the chat box and we'll that'll sign us you up for the newsletter and you'll get that directly sent to you. It's magical. Last thing I'll plug is our new Substack. This is where we're housing everything, our podcast, video content, our newsletter, it is glorious. So go to quadcast.substack.com. Y'all need to jump on the train. All right. So without further ado, Megan, listen, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Oh, I mean, how could Thank we not you. have you back after that uh, stellar uh, episode? Um, so why, why don't you you'll tell people that haven't had uh, an uh, exposure to you what you're all about and then maybe just jump into the into the presentation. Sure. Yeah. I will start by sharing a little bit about 
who I am and how I came to be doing what I'm doing, um, which is not anything I ever expected, which I think is a lot of us as we enter adulthood. So back in 2006, I was dealing with some serious health issues. Ultimately, after three years, loads of doctors, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, autoimmune uh, disease of the intestinal tract. And as conventional medicine goes, I was told there was no known cause, no known cure, and we would just have to wait and see how this disease would progress in my body, which terrified me. I was 26 years old at the time and, you know, had my plans for what my life was going to look like. And so I tried to figure this out for myself because I wasn't satisfied with the answers of surgery and medication as the only options. And so in that process, I discovered the room in my apartment called the kitchen, taught myself how to cook. Um started meditating, started practicing yoga, started going for walks, all these things that felt like the right thing to do without me having any idea about how the body functioned at that time. My ex- the extent of my knowledge was like grade 10 biology. And the result was that within a month, the worst of my symptoms had were gone. Within three months, I didn't just feel well, I felt better than I had in my whole life. And so that was really what inspired me to leave my career in advertising and start doing work in the world of culinary nutrition, which is ultimately inspiring people to to take ownership over their health with what I could share, which was how to prepare from scratch meals that were easy and simple and delicious. And then, so I started a business, but all the while still needed to maintain my own mental, emotional, spiritual equilibrium, and kept diving further and further into different meditation practices like transcendental, Vedic, mantra-based meditation, uh, the mindful stress, uh, stress reduction meditation program, and ultimately landed at the Heart Math Institute learning this coherence practice. And what I loved about it was that it was so simple and profoundly effective and also had a whole lot of evidence to support it. And so I've been practicing this myself for eight or nine years. And then when the pandemic hit and we were all dealing with a whole lot of struggles, no matter like who you are and where you were at in your life, there were massive challenges. And for me being a health educator, primarily in the, in the holistic world, People were seeking out my guidance. I'm like, I don't know how to lead anyone through this. I just know how to help you make breakfast. <laughs> like, that's what I do. And so ultimately, I landed at a facilitator training with the HeartMath Institute and went deeper and deeper into this world and was then asked to start sharing it. I was sharing it in my business group. I was sharing it in my Academy of Culinary Nutrition student groups and started offering just free sessions on Wednesdays. And from there, it kind of blew up. And I was invited onto more and more podcasts like Dr. Case to share what this was all about. And so I realized I was onto something that felt much bigger than myself and my own little practice. And I believe the reason is, and the same reason why it resonated with Dr. Case so much was that it provides hope and it's such a simple solution. And especially in the healthcare world, you know, if we can find ways to put people at ease reduce their stress, reduce their fear, reduce their feelings of overwhelm, we're going to have better outcomes with whatever treatment plan, whatever may come in the future. And so what I think is so important about this, and I'm going to go through all of it and how it works and what it is, 
Um, what I think is so profound about this is that you don't need your patients or clients or people around you practicing necessarily. You can have impact, impact just by you doing it. If you can then teach it and share it, the impact is dramatically increased, but you feel the benefit immediately. And that's what's so powerful about it. You can feel the benefit in 30 seconds in five minutes and 10 minutes, whatever amount of time you're going to allocate to it. And the benefit is cumulative. So it's not just, you know, I did it and I did it tomorrow and I did the next day and now I'm feeling good. It's that the more you do it, you're basically moving this practice, this way of operating into your subconscious that it just becomes a new baseline. You're elevating your set point, reducing your stress, feeling more joyful, more at ease, more peaceful day to day. And that then impacts everyone around you. You begin de-escalating the chaos in your home, in your workplace, in your community. And so this might sound woo-woo, but it works and there's research to support it. And so I would like to dive in and I'm going to ask the first question. Let me just, so the first question that I will ask, and I can't see the comments coming in, but um, if there are, maybe Dr. K, you can share them or if you want to share one of yours, but what emotion do you experience most often that is the greatest draw on your mental, emotional, and or physical energy. And I'll give you a moment. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll pipe in just to give it some uh, give it some thread here. But for me, I would say as the greatest draw. I know it's not a primary emotion, but definitely anger is 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 in there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. I would say that, especially when it draws mental, emotional, and physical energy. Yeah. Well, that answer is correct. All answers are correct. <laughs> so, on a day-to-day basis, how would you score it? Like, is it like minimal? Are you up there at the eights, nines, tens? Yeah, on a day on a day-to-day basis, I would say it's. Five, six. Okay. And the next question is what would like, what would life be like or feel like without or with less of this emotion? Yeah, man. I mean, awesome. Like it would just be less, um, just more for uh, an ability to just be more present and be, yeah. and, and be, a better person to be around. Yeah. What most people will say is they'll feel more peaceful or more at ease, more creative, Mm. um, feel more free, feel lighter. Yes. Yeah. And so what we know is that we can, by the state of our body, influence how our brain functions. So we know that our brain is powerful. It's working all the time. And I'll often ask room filled people, you know, raise your hand if you know that the brain sends signals to your heart and the rest of your body that impacts how it functions. And then everyone lifts their hand. And then you're like, exactly. You just sent a signal from your brain to your body to raise your hand. What too few realize is that the reality is that our body and specifically our heart sends more messages to our brain than our brain sends to our body. So by regulating the heart rhythm and the sensations within our body, we can impact directly how the brain functions. 
And this is, this is really important because if we can, through the feeling in our skin, through the senses we have when we enter a room, through smell and sight, and through even lifting weights or doing gentle exercise or regulating our breathing, we can turn on or turn off different functions of the brain, which means we can have a dramatic impact on how we think and how we perceive the world. So an efferent signals, the brain sends signals uh, for action in the muscles, but then afferent, the messages our body sends to the brain from our skin, our muscles, our organs can stimulate that prefrontal cortex where our critical, our solution-oriented thinking happens, our creative thinking happens, where we turn on new ideas or where you might say you are in the flow. When you're doing an activity, doing something and you lose track of time, And we often see it in children where they're doing stuff and they're humming or singing, or some children will do this while they're eating. They're, they're in that front part where they're just in their imagination zone. And this is incredibly powerful because in that part of the brain is where we have new ideas, where we filter how we perceive and see the world. So if we're constantly operating on the reptilian brain, the the fight or flight, living in fear or overwhelm, experiencing that stress, anxiety, and anger constantly or persistently or through periods throughout the day, we're being taken out of that higher function that a human has. So recognizing that that signal works both ways. The way our body can affect our brain or the affecting psychological factors includes attention level, motivation, perceptual sensitivity, emotional processing, decision making, problem solving, our thought and attention, and ultimately that higher level of cognitive function, which is exactly what is lacking. In most workplaces, in most schools, it's which is challenging children, it's challenging adults. We just see it more readily in other people than we do in ourselves. And so we can, by our very actions, work to positively impact our heart rhythm, which will have direct benefit on how our brain functions. It is ridiculously simple. It's a zero cost tool. It takes five minutes. And we're not doing it because we don't know about it. And I do believe, and I might even say, I know that this will become part of mainstream mental health treatment, emotional well-being, physical well-being, and hopefully moves into the conventional medical world. Because if we can shift how our minds and brains are operating in these stressful situations, we will transform how we operate as communities and how we can shift our health, that it moves away from chronic degeneration, which is the norm. I mean, we're going to age, but it doesn't have to be that dramatic and that painful. And so we have two measures we look at. There's the heart rate, which is the number of beats per minute, but there's also something called heart rate variability, which is the rhythm or space between heartbeats. And we can, by our breath, And we're going to do a practice together so you can experience it, but you can impact that heart rhythm. And so we have different heart rhythm patterns. There's an incoherent pattern, which is jiggity jaggity all over the show. And this will impair our performance. And then we have coherent heart rhythm, which promotes optimal performance in the way our minds work, but also in athletic function. 
So we can look at these patterns and you kind of know which is going to be sending the signals of calm to the brain. So with incoherence, we feel frustration, anxiety, worry, irritation, anger, short fuse. With coherence, we have positive emotions, what we might call heart-centered emotions of love, terror, appreciation, gratitude. Where do we want to exist? We, no one wants to be anxious and worried and overwhelmed and stressed. We know that when we can be in that heart-centered emotion of loving and caring and, you know, the tidal wave of all emotion, which is compassion, we kind of get to dig our way out of all the barriers and boundaries and things we put up because we think they protect us to be the most authentic expression of who we are, which is also the most lovable version of who we are. So what if we all went out in the world with those barriers down as lovable, compassionate humans? That's how we cumulatively impact and expand kindness at its very core. So our incoherent emotions are going to be those things you wrote down early on that are the things, the feelings we have that drain our emotion, stress, overwhelm, anxiety, uncertainty, fear, anger. And all of this has has an effect on the brain. So when we're in that incoherent state, we have stress-filled or highly reactive responses, what might be called a short fuse. We have reduced ability to respond productively. And instead, we have this high reactivity. We're less able to actually find solutions. So what happens when you have a problem or a challenge and you can't find the solution is you feel frustrated. And so that's another thing that then contributes to that incoherent state. What we want to do is focus on the heart-centered emotions or feelings that lead us to coherence. And this is what's so wildly simple. Those emotions, the heart emotions are love, care, hope, appreciation, compassion, connection, and gratitude. These are the emotions of healing. These are the emotions of well-being. They're the emotions of stability. They are the emotions where you can experience joy and happiness. And as you said, presence. And getting there is so incredibly straightforward. And it's just in creating this connection between the body and the brain, which is what creates harmony. So another word for coherence is to be in harmony. And so we have these domains of resilience. We have physical resilience, which is why we exercise and work out and also stretch. So we have endurance, we have strength and also flexibility in the physical body. We have mental resilience, which is the mental flexibility to be able to be open to new ideas, to change our minds, to adapt when something doesn't go as planned. It it impacts our attention span, our ability to focus, to see multiple viewpoints. We have emotional flexibility, which allows for positive outlook, self-regulation, which is critically important for longevity. And then we have spiritual flexibility where we have our set of values in which we can live by and also tolerate and be extremely open and respectful of other people's values and beliefs. And what overlaps in this Venn diagram is the state of coherence. And when we're in the state of coherence, we are fueling it and nourishing all of these domains of resilience. And so when we can be in a coherent state, we end up with improved cognitive ability. So we're better able to think. 
which is really important. And we know it's hard to think. It's hard to make decisions when you feel tired or overwhelmed. We have efficient and harmonious functioning of the cardiovascular, the nervous, the hormonal system, and the immune system. Again, really critically important for health and well-being and the prevention of just about every chronic illness we see in our society right now. We have greater objectivity. We have a stronger intuitive perception, which again, every human on the planet is born with an innate intuition, but we don't value the feeling like, you know, when you just know something compared to the logic or the evidence we see and how we can process it logically through our brain, but we have an intuitive perception. And when you can tap into that, you have a stronger decision-making ability where you can make decisions and feel confident in them. Sometimes you can't explain them and that's okay. It's that inner knowing that you have. We also have greater memory and more effortlessly effortless ability to focus. And lastly, better decision-making. And so all of this happens. Oh, and one more massive benefit is self-regulation. So self-regulation enables us to meet everyday challenges and stresses with resilience, enabling us to make more intelligent decisions using our innate higher order wisdom, rather than being in that fight or flight or collapse, where you're just trying to get through something, you're reacting nonstop without being able to have that deep insight. So in a study, and the references in the bottom corner, and if you need a link or whatever, I can provide all that, but... This is really interesting. So in a study of 5,700 middle-aged people, those with the highest self-regulation abilities were over 50 times more likely to be alive and without chronic disease 15 years later than those with the lowest self-regulation scores. So if we put this into a pill and we're like, take this pill, there's a 50% chance you will live, 15 years from now, you will have lower levels of disease. Like that's a profound statistic. And again, this is a zero cost approach to doing it. And it's something that is accessible to everyone at any time. More research. So as a healthcare uh, community, you probably already know. So secretary IGA is the immune system's first line of defense. So when it perceives a threat, we secrete the IGA and it is what helps protect us in the most simplest explanation. So in this, this was a really interesting study, the physiological and psychological effects of compassion and anger. And um, I have a link so I can share it in the chat later. I can send it over um, to the exact study. So what happened in this study was that they had two groups of people and they had them not experiencing stressful or compassionate things. They had them just thinking about stressful or compassionate experiences. So what they saw was that anger produced a significant increase in total mood disturbance and heart rate, but it actually reduced that IgA. When someone thought about or embodied emotions of compassion, that IgA went up. And ultimately, what they saw over a six-hour period of time is that when someone thought about something that caused them anger or frustration... So this wasn't even experiencing it. This was like someone cut you off in the morning and you thought about it and stewed on it all day long. What they found was originally, initially there's a quick spike in immune response and then suppression for up to five to six hours after. 
And that's all just something we're creating in our own mind. Similarly, when someone embodied in a, a heart-centered emotion like compassion or care, there was an initial dramatic spike in that IgA and then a continual increase for five to six hours. So that is just a self-induction technique that can have profound impact on the uh, on our immune resilience, on our ability for our immune system to respond or be suppressed when we need it most. That can also explain why after periods of stress, we get sick, not just from, you know, burning through our vital nutrients, stressing the adrenals, maybe not getting enough sleep and not proper nutrition, but we could actively be suppressing the initial response of the immune system. So this is another study that I thought was really fascinating and which is why I say this to me is one of those profound things individuals can begin practicing, even if no one else around you is. And so what they looked at in this study was they brought four people together around a table and looked at the heart rate variability. And what they found was that with three people around a four person table practicing coherence, the heart rate variability and the coherence score of that fourth person elevated. So just by being in the presence of people in a coherent state, operating out of the heart of love and care and compassion and appreciation, we can actually elevate the coherence of those around us. And this, and this is, you know, in the quantum physics realm, but that impact, that energy we put out, the actual physical frequency measured through EEGs and ECG measurements, tracking the heart and the brain radiates out three feet from the body. So you go out in the world considering yourself in a bubble and your energy radiates three feet out from you. And if, and you know this because you know, when someone comes into your bubble, your field, you can feel it. You can feel if it's someone you want to talk to, you want to be around, or if there's just sort of like a, I'm not sure about this person. That's again, children feel this and children will act on it. It's like, go give your old uncle so-and-so a hug. And they're like running away because they feel that energy and they don't have to have the social norms that cause them to be polite. Um, I have a five-year-old. So, um, and I feel like children in those social situations are actually doing exactly what we want to be doing, but it's not socially appropriate for us. So we feel that energy. And why this is so profound is that you can go out in your world in a coherent state and it won't just de-escalate chaos or de-escalate tension or anxiety of those around you. But what actually happens is that you're elevating that coherent state of other people and your interactions start to change. It starts to be a warmer, kinder, more welcoming world simply by the state in which you are going out in it. And that to me is profoundly powerful where, you know, if you believe that the world is a horrible place and people are angry and mean and defensive and, and all of that, you are creating that existence for yourself. Whereas Yes, you will encounter challenging personalities and challenging situations. But if you go at it with a filter where that, where you have that part of your brain turned on, where you have that love literally in your heart and radiating outwards, it will transform your experience of the world. And if you don't believe me, try it. Prove me wrong. Halfway. If you do this for 10 minutes a day for a week or two weeks, 
you'll start to get what I call and different people have different names for it. They call it coincidences or serendipity or synchronicity. I like to call it the little wink from the universe where, you know, you, you ask a question in your mind and suddenly the answer shows up or you're thinking about something you haven't seen in a while and, and something calls you to, you know, pull over and hop into the store to pick up eggs and milk. And suddenly that person's there. These little signs that are like, okay, I'm in alignment with how I am supposed to be operating in the world. So I, I want to go through the practice and I'm going to guide us through it, you know, not a, not a full length, five to eight minutes. Um, and I hope everyone watching will join. So don't think this is the time you skip ahead. This is not the time you leave. This is the most important part of this entire thing, because this is where you get to embody and experience it. So if you're with me, I want to ask you to just... Start taking a couple deep breaths, focusing on that breath. And if you need to, if you're feeling like extra, like I just want to go and do something else right now, just clench everything in your body, even your bum, like clench it all, your fists, your shoulders, and then an exhale and just let that go. And even if you do that, you know, one of the easiest things we could do is take our deepest breath possible and just slow that exhale down as much as possible. That already shifts our biochemistry and shifts the function of our brain. But together, we're going to inhale through the nose to the count of four. So inhale, one, two, three, four. And we will exhale together, one, two, three, four. Inhale through the nose, one, two, three, four, and exhale, one, two, three, four. Now envision this breath coming in through the center of your chest, through your heart, inhaling one, two, three, four, and exhale, one, two, three, four. So we're going to keep breathing in through the heart, and out through the heart at a rhythm that feels natural, but slow. And if you're a visual person, you could envision an energetic light. Maybe it's a blue or a pink or a gold. Entering your body, filling your body, breathing out of your body as you exhale. And every time you inhale, this light Grows, grows a little bit brighter, emanating at its brightest point right in your heart center. Inhaling and exhaling. When you're ready, tap into that feeling of unconditional love for yourself in this moment, exactly as you are. Feeling that you so deeply cared for, you are appreciated, you are loved exactly as you are. Inhaling through the heart, exhale through the heart. For you, this may feel like a warm embrace from the person you love most in the world. Maybe that immediate feeling when you fall into bed at the end of the day, knowing that you made it that you are now fully supported. You continue inhaling through the heart, 
Exhaling through the heart, feeling that unconditional love from the heart radiating out all parts of your body, down your arms, down your torso, down your legs to your toes, radiating up through your chest, through your throat, into your head, into your brain. This love is embodied in the cellular mind, the mind that exists in every cell of our body, every cell of our being. So we inhale through the heart, exhale through the heart. We will now extend this care and love and compassion to someone we know who may need a little extra lift in this moment. And to that person, you can think of, I always like to envision the Care Bears doing the Care Bear stare. You're blasting love from your heart at this person, sending them unconditional love and acceptance exactly as they are in this moment. You may find it helps to Turn up the corners of your mouth into a smile as you envision them being engulfed in the same glow that embodies you in this moment. You envision this person in the truest expression of who they are, experiencing limitless joy, limitless health, true bliss. And you'll now envision your love extending beyond this person to maybe everyone in your workplace, everyone in your community. As you see everyone being touched by this glow, it's your beaming love from the heart. You'll now extend this beyond to every human on the planet, recognizing everybody for their uniqueness, what makes them a gift on this planet, wishing all of them to feel loved unconditionally, cared for, appreciated. You see the light start to spark across the planet as this energy radiates out. And as you're doing this, breathing in through the heart, and out through the heart, you just keep generating more and more love. It's overflowing. The more we generate, the more we create. And you feel overwhelmed by joy, by peace, and by ease. Take a moment and just think about how this feels in your body in your mind, in your heart, in your field. When you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back. That was a five-minute blast of love. Love being blasted. Wow. This is my second time doing that. And... 
well, I mean, with the, Megan guiding it, and every time you feel like a new person, more attuned, more compassionate, more want to give big hugs to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Well, it it um it fight it it knocks the fight out of you, and not in a way that makes you less effective or, or driven or passionate, but in a way that allows you to actually do the work from a profoundly more powerful place. Amen. Like uh, it, I like the idea uh, as you, as you uh, refer to it, it, it does knock the fight out of you. You, you, you got, uh, yeah. Like you're just, there's no fight. You're just love. (laughs) Just pure love. And what's so incredible, and we all know this, if you have a partner or a child, is when they are in, you know, the full expression of who you are, of who they are. It's like you, you see that and you feel that and you want that for everyone else. And yet we fail to do that for ourselves. And it's so easy to do. That was five minutes, six minutes, maybe. Like, that's so easy to do, to de-escalate. And then the word, I always ask the question, so what is the word that best describes how you feel right now? And the answers we usually get are peaceful, free, at ease, lighter. And that is what most of us want most of the time. And yet we will not find the discipline to do this. But we have to. And I didn't invent, I've expanded on the technique. I did not invent it. So it is from the HeartMath Institute. The steps are so simple, which is you focus your attention in the area of the heart, and then you activate and sustain a regenerative feeling like appreciation or care or love, and then radiate that renewing feeling to yourself and to others. And that's it. And the last bit of research I just want to show um, to convince everyone that you need to do this. (laughs) It's like, I get nothing for sharing this. I mean, I do. It's fully selfish. It's that I want a more loving world. Um, And that's really the driver behind it. I have a, I have a, I I run a business. I have a full-time job. (laughs) I run an online cooking school. This has become sort of a side project because I just believe so deeply that I know that I have the ability to communicate this, to make it very practical and approachable for people. And that's why I'm doing it. And that's the only reason because it's needed. And if we're talking about solving healthcare, this is needed. This reduces so many of the triggers of the chronic illnesses we see. It reduces that inflammatory response. It reduces feelings of anxiety and depression. It reduces cardiovascular challenges. It reduces nervous system challenges. It supports hormonal balance. It supports better digestion. Like if that isn't, if one of those isn't at the root of all the things we're dealing with. So a couple little graphs that I think are really, really cool. Uh, This one shows a husband and wife during sleep and how their heart rhythms get into entrainment, into, into a rhythm with each other. So we know that like I have, I have my, my, my husband is so calm um, that I know that when I'm 
feeling more stressed or more anxious or more triggered, just being around him is helpful because I know that I will get into sync with his rhythm. So this is a couple sleeping together and you can see how their heart rhythms get into, into sync. And we also know that the counter can be true that if we go out with this stressful rhythm in our existence, others will fall into that with us or be challenged by it. This is, um, a heart and brain reading the ECG and EEG synchronization between a mother and her baby together. And so you can see how they go in a pattern. Uh, this is between two people who were doing that heart lock in technique together. So again, they went into entrainment, just practicing together. And this one I love because people love their pets. So this is how the rhythm between a dog and his boy. So on the left side, Josh and Mabel are in separate rooms and their heart rhythms are independent of each other. And they enter, Josh enters the room, shows love to his dog, Mabel, and they go into entrainment together. And what you can see is when Josh leaves the room, Mabel wants him to stay. And you can see the dog's heart rhythm is on the bottom. I mean, the dog's heart rhythm is at the top. So it goes into this incoherent state wanting to be back with the boy. And the last graph I have for you is just how in going into that quick coherence. So just taking those breaths into the heart and out through the heart, how the respiration rate, heart rate availability and blood pressure go into coherence. So the whole system of the body goes into a state of harmony. So now you just have to go do it. You don't need anything. You don't need a tool. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need a fancy pillow and incense and candles. You can do this when you're stopped at a red light. You can do this when you're in line at the coffee shop, which we talked about on our podcast. Uh, you can do this at any time. One of the most powerful things, those of you who have young children, who have a full life and maybe work out of the house, take three minutes when you drive home from work before entering your home. So if you're sitting in your car or even on your front porch or front steps to get into a coherent state before you walk into the madness of a household <laughs> during a work, a weekday to just get yourself into that so that you can create a more harmonious home environment before you go into a meeting with your boss, with a colleague that you know may be more challenging Take three minutes, even in a bathroom stall, if that's what it takes to just get yourself into coherence and you will have a different communication and a different outcome because you will be in that critical, creative, solution-oriented thinking state as opposed to being ready to react to what will come. And that's what I have for you today. Wow. Every time, Megan, you get me, this is, this is tremendous. I, um... Just on a, a so number one, thank you. I know our solving wellness and solving healthcare populace is only going to benefit from this. I just have a couple of thoughts um, and talk a little bit on personal experience. So I've had a few colleagues come up to me and talking about adding coherence practice to their to work. So a couple uh, nurses, and they've told me how dramatic it impacts their their day at work 
like the uh, the ability to be more compassionate and more patient, especially in a time when we're you know really short staffed. So just thinking about how that's affected the work environment to me has been amazing. And I, I recently did a post on, um, you know, concerns for our youth and their mental health and the fact that I, I feel like they're more apathetic than they've ever been. And so I just had the epiphany, like, what if this is something that they add to their, their practice? I know a lot of schools are doing daily or have introduced meditation and so forth to to try and you know improve their overall well-being but w- what about what would it look like if the kids learned about coherence and harmony and mind body connection and really set themselves up for for success on a regular basis whether it was done as a class or done as a, a group like uh, yeah that's another thought and then Third thing I wanted to say is for me, I've been finding it most valuable. I haven't doing doing as much when I'm coming home, but going to work when, you know, you're sleep deprived, might be edgy because you got these big meetings coming, coming up, but walking in, it's almost like it's sets your attention for the day of being uh, optimistic, joyous, caramantang, as opposed to the edgy, short, uh, less joyous, caraman tank so i i just i guess i wanted to share that because of how impactful i think all this can be and and how impactful it's been to the people that i know yeah i one of the most powerful things anyone can do children and we have to share this with children young adults and grown-ups um is to start to recognize what our go-to is when we're feeling uncomfortable. And we all feel discomfort at some point in the day in our lives. And we can all feel uncomfortable. And and too often we reach for, because we we reach for things to change our state because we want to feel differently, whether that's drugs and alcohol or whether that's scrolling mindlessly on your phone or junk food or you know, we all have that thing we go to, which is fully designed to remove us from the present moment. It's a distraction to take us away from the here and now because we don't like how we feel in this moment. And we're looking for something to pass the time or alter our state so we can feel differently. 100% of those coping mechanisms are harmful to our emotional and physical well-being long-term. Not just one. It's like, you know, a glass of wine is not, I wouldn't say that's harmful unless you have a dependency challenge. But when it becomes the day-to-day go-to, being like, you know, children who feel anxious and then want to be on phones watching, you know, 30-second videos, like that is having long-term impact on the brain. So what if instead we say, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable right now. I feel anxious or I'm worried or I'm scared or I feel sad. And instead of going to one of these things, we at least first just acknowledge how we feel in the body and the mind, because most of us don't even do that anymore. But then say, okay, I have a tool. Let me do this first. Let me develop the discipline to, instead of scrolling on my phone for a half hour, sit for five minutes and do this practice, just breathing and tuning into my heart. And then see, you know what? 
I'm good. I can carry on now. I don't need that thing. I don't need that chocolate bar. I don't need to go to my phone and distract myself or look for something to trigger my fear and anxiety so then I can have somewhere to anchor it to. And this is something that professionals who deal with people need to do. This is something parents who deal with children or caregivers need to do. This is something teachers need to start doing. But it has to start with the individual because if I myself am not comfortable with how I'm feeling or where my mind is at and can't have the discipline to do to take on the practice, there's no way I can tell someone else to do it. And so it always has to start with the individual. And so if if anything, if at the very least you just start acknowledging, why do I have that feeling in my stomach? What triggered it? And what can I do to address it, to de-escalate it mm-hmm. from a way that is productive, that's actually health supportive, mentally, physically, and emotionally health supportive? Because then you build this resilience. You build a stress resilience. You build immune resilience. You build resilience to life. Because there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be suffering. There's always going to be struggles. But we need to shift away from the things that break us further to using the tools and strategies that build us. Listen, Megan, as per usual, thank you. Thank you for bringing a, uh, joy into the, into the lives of so many healthcare providers, listeners. Uh, I, I honestly believe this is something that can be so effective. And as you mentioned, you don't have to, you don't have to put in a dime. You just have to, do the work. And I think many people will benefit. And I just really appreciate it. Appreciative that you've highlighted this for so many folks. Uh, so thank you as, as I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Quadcast Nation. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, at Quadcast, leave any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Check out our newsletter at quadcast.substack.com. Get updates, get all our video content, audio content, the latest and the greatest, folks. Yeah. Check out solvingwellness.com. And yo, leave that five star rating. We need that visibility. Helps us change that boogie, yo. And y'all stay wicked, stay dynamic and be great.